Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday, the 22nd of February. My name is Ben. I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you, mate? Absolutely amazing, mate. Absolutely brilliant. I, I thought of it. Obviously, I sent you a review, didn't I? Um, what we got where someone said I was being too negative. So I'll try my best to be positive, but although we've not picked the, the best game to do that. <laughs> no, we haven't, have we? I suppose. But I'm, I'm in good spirits as well. I've got a, a nice, fresh cup of coffee right here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're going to tell you what, this is a shout out to everybody listening because this is. This is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. This podcast, yes. I think, if you're a if you're a casual fan of uh, of, of United and, and this podcast, then uh, you're probably not listening to this, or um, or if you are listening, maybe it's because you have no idea what we're about to talk about. But we're doing a double header here. We're going to not only very quickly talk about the uh, the one nil defeat to Fulham very very quickly, I think, but then yeah. we're, we're going to get stuck into. Swindon Town five, Sheffield United five, and bizarrely, I'm I'm quite like energized to talk about that. I, I don't I can't definitely, quite... yeah, definitely. The people who are listening are getting a treat. In ten years' time, they can say I was there when uh, Blade Pod did when we lost to Fulham one 0 Blade Pod covered it, and they give us a bonus of the five five. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I was, I was discussing this with my wife, and um, she was like, "Why do you do a more upbeat game, like you know, off the back of the Fulham one?" I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm committed to this. I want to. This was a memorable game. This section is memorable matches. There's not been too many more memorable than this, certainly in terms of the scoreline. Um, and also, we've done some wins recently. And and the other yeah. the other flip side is, um, you know, maybe this will just remind people how." Uh, how bad things used to be. And... It cheered me up because when we were doing the research after the Fulham game, I mean, I did a bit before because we knew we were doing it, but I watched the game by. And it cheered me up because I'm thinking, wow, we've got a long way to fall till we get to those levels again. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's let's cover off the Fulham game. And I, I really only want to talk about it for like five or ten minutes because I've I got to be honest. I mean, we I think we were quite, uh, you know, I think we were quite critical after the West Ham game, the level of... <laughs> Mm. Uh, performance and, and effort and quality in that one, and I just, I just, I'm not keen to do that again. Like not in a no. sort of um, what's the word? Like uh, absolving myself of responsibility of what this podcast is kind of for. But you know, I just, I look at that team against Fulham, and it, it, there's a part of me that's like, well, yeah, like you know, yeah. It, it's rubbish. Frankly, I mean, if you if you told me if you told me six months ago. That we'd be starting Kean Bryan, Phil Jagielka, Basham in midfield, and our main goal threat is Billy Sharp. Mm. I, I'd have, I'd have screamed. I think I'd have, I'd have yeah. dropped something on the floor. I mean, so I, I, I can't say I give them a pass because I thought they played really poorly. But it's like, yeah. this is what happens when you have half a team, and when some of them are probably barely championship standard in the case of you know Brian and Jagielka I guess and mm. yeah I don't know it, it was it was depressing to watch but I I just can't I can't get angry at the players no, for that. no am I, am I, okay I don't know if I was like way off piece no I wasn't angry at all I was sort of it were it were it were a really really poor display and I think I mean I'm I'd be a hypocrite to say oh we should be doing better because I said on here last week that I thought we'd lose with the players out and everything hmm. and it sort of went oh I mean we were poorer than I thought we would be in terms of having the ball I mean we didn't get in their area did we didn't have a touch in their area in the first half yeah not a single touch of the ball which you know it, 
I, I don't know. It, it, I, I thought again, it were it's, it were a little bit like a cup game. It felt a little bit like we were a, a lower end Championship League One team playing a Premier League side. You know, we we just sat back and sat back, and that that was the plan. And got a lot of criticism Wilder for this because. People saying we should go for it, we should go for it, and Wilder saying we can't open up. I think there's a bit in between. I think I understand what he tried to do. He, he knew the team were depleted. He knew we, we couldn't go toe to toe with him with that with that team. But I think from the fans' point of view, they were probably thinking these are the third worst team in the league. If we can't do it against these, what what's the point? Basically, yeah, exactly. I um, I, I think you're right. It's uh, it was really poor, and I didn't enjoy. It. A single minute of it, but I just I just can't be angry about it at this point. I mean, I think yeah, just sort of resigned to our fate, I guess. I'd love to see. It's difficult. It's difficult to try and be to do the same thing over and over again. We're we're basically describing the same match every mm-hmm. week, apart from like that month where we 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 turned it around a little bit. And it's not going to get any better because of the players out. Obviously, we lost Basham as well. Yeah, and and it's it's just it's awful. It's, it, for me, the, the the major positive is another game ticked off. I don't believe anybody's out there enjoying watching us at the moment. I don't think anyone's thinking, "Oh yeah, Liverpool on Sunday, that'll be good." Whereas that's what you. It's difficult because that's what you follow football for. It is an enjoyment. It's a hobby. Mm. It's a, you know, it's a passion, but it's also a hobby. It's something you do to to excite yourself and it's not exciting it's just a really depressing sort of time it's pound for pound the worst we've ever been in terms of points obviously we've had worse teams but in terms of our little points we've picked I mean we've lost 20 out of 25 games now yeah it, it's oh, I don't really know what else you're supposed to say than what we've already said to be honest yeah uh, Egan's injury is uh, an eight week injury apparently which to yeah. me Kind of makes me think, just don't bring him back this season. You know, is yeah. there, is there really much point? Like, or certainly don't rush him back. And then, as you mentioned, I mean, just the uh, uh, you know the the, the the salt in the wound of Basham going off with a hamstring injury, yeah. where you think that's you know if that is indeed a hamstring injury, then that's probably going to be six weeks. For I, him I'm going to I'm going to admit what I said to you. I wasn't, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus here, but if yeah. you're going to bring it up, then bring it up. This was a joke, by the way, but I did message Ben before. <laughs> And said, I sort of hope Basham gets sent off for something uh, uh, just to see the carnage that it, uh, occurs in defence. And then when he got stretched off, I did message you and said, I was only joking. I didn't actually want that to happen. It was just more of a, a macabre sort of <laughs> what, 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 would, uh, what would happen. And well, we're going to see what happens now. But my, my uh, sort of gruesome uh, uh, the, uh, dream was. Seeing Keen Bryan, Jagielka, and Ampadu up against Mane, Salah, and uh, Firmino, and yeah, I'm gonna. The first time this season, my dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Uh, do you want to drop your Basham fact in here because it's a doozy? Unless Basham comes back and he makes a miraculous recovery, this is the first team, the first time our team won't have included one of Egan, O'Connell, or Basham since the three-nil victory over Oldham in February 2016. So five whole years of, uh, of continuity. Five years we've had one of those three playing. I mean, that's amazing consistency. And, and Basham, obviously, is, uh, I guess he's been the, the most constant throughout that. Obviously, yeah. pre- predates the other two players. But, yeah, it's, it's... I've not looked at cup games for that. So someone might say, oh, they're a cup game. But I saw, I think, the cup game. I mean, Basham plays every match, doesn't they? So I, I imagine that even the, the cup game stuff. Yeah, like I remember him coming on against Barnet, for example, Basham uh, yeah. in the second half. So yeah, you might might be right, but definitely for the league, as you say. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's a bleak situation. Just if if it could get any more bleak, I suppose it's just it's just sad to lose these players, isn't it? I mean, you know, Fleck makes a surprise reappearance in the team. Mm. I, I would be really surprised if he was fully fit. To be honest, I don't I th- think so. I think I've seen people that. go in on him as well, like people saying, "I Fleck gone back to being rubbish." And it's like you were in hospital last week, by the sounds of it. it he's played out of necessity. No way would he be in the team if. Yeah. You know, if we had anybody, I mean, I felt a bit sorry for Osborne because I thought Osborne did all right against West Ham, mm. and he's obviously on the bench again. But you know, I think I think he can sort of say. But we, without flecking that team, he, he played bad. We've, there's no creativity at all. I mean, McGoldrick obviously didn't play. Bogle didn't play. We had he had to play Fleck, I think, because I dread to. I mean, we couldn't put a pass together anyway. I think did we. Complete something like six passes in the first twenty minutes with that stat that you sent me. It was it was slightly more, but not very much more. It was about twenty or something like oh, that. Oh, it's yeah. sorry, yeah. And, and you know, when without even, I mean, Fleck wasn't great by any. He obviously didn't look fit. I, I really don't. I don't. I don't really know what else you can say that that everyone people have got their own eyes. They can see what's what's happening. You know, Wilder sort of announced relegation then after the game and stuff and. I, I don't really know what else you can say. It's, it's really difficult to, to keep going over the same ground and keep going over and trying to find positives when, you know, I'm not saying there's no positives forever, but for the rest of the season, there is nothing. that The only thing we've got going for us is the FA Cup and pulling off what will, will now be an incredible shock because Ampadu can't play against Chelsea. So if Basham's out and, and Egan's out... Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to us, basically. Yeah, I'm not, I really don't know who they play. I really, I, I surely you'd have to change tactics actually, because we'd only have two fit defenders in Brian and unless Robinson came back, but yeah, something like I that. Don't know. Um, talked about seeing things with your own eyes. Tell you what, I can't see is that blooming goal on the right at Craven Cottage because of the terrible, stupid white banner they've got behind the goal, so you can't actually see the posts. I mean, I thought Ramsdale in the first half had punched it in his own net because uh, the corner came in, and I'm like, where's that gone? I have no <laughs> idea where that's gone. <laughs> and he'd flipped it over the bar, hadn't he? But yeah, you couldn't actually see what the hell was going on. Um, Shout out to Ramsdale, by the way. If we're going to do positives, I think mm-hmm. he was the best player again um, for the second week running. Not yeah. spectacular save after spectacular save, but I don't blame him for the goal, and I don't think he did anything wrong. No, I uh, I agree with you. I think he's quietly strung a few good games together, um, which is uh, is good to see. Uh, yeah, the goal itself. I mean, yeah, we we didn't, as you said, we didn't have a single touch in the opposition box in the first half. Not a single shot from anywhere, which was just like, oh my god, really? This you know, it really underlines how just just completely decimated we are at the minute. Someone said, I've not looked at this myself, so this could be wrong, but someone did say Billy Sharp had nine touches uh, throughout the entire game. Yeah, it doesn't totally surprise me. If you, if you discount the ones where he was offside anyway, because yeah. obviously I thought that was our first shot in the second half, but uh, from a good... But Norwood comes on, mm. doesn't he, for, um, for Basham, I think. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And he puts in a great ball, but Sharp is unfortunately just offside. Um, their goal... Uh, Deja vu, basically, of uh, the goal Luckman scored at Bramall Lane. He gets a, yeah. a bit of weak defending, but uh, ultimately quite a fortunate ricochet and there's absolutely powers a shot past Ramsdale. Um, we did have a few chances ourselves after that. Stevens was in on goal. I think yeah. Sharp played him in. Um, yeah, should have done better. Yeah, good save from the one-on-one. And then from that corner, Keen Bryan like, kind of fluffed his header at the back post. I don't know if he was trying to edit back across rather than head it in. Um, Big talking point at the end for a lot of people, but not hugely for me. And this is where I do seem to be a bit uh, 
against public opinion, I think. But uh, Bogle getting absolutely annihilated by the Fulham goalkeeper. I, I can see why this should be a foul, but it's never a foul. Nobody ever gives this as a foul. Goalkeepers are allowed to like basically commit murder, and if they if they get a, <laughs> if they get a touch on the ball as he did, and all right, he only gets a touch because Bogle kicks it into him. But then you're kind of allowed to destroy a player like that. I mean, there is a bit of a, a thing in football, isn't there? Is if you get a shot off, you almost can't be fouled. Like it's so rare that a referee yeah. will like then go like, "Well, you shot, and then you got fouled." So I'm going to give the foul instead. Um, I think I think it's a pen. I do think it's a pen. I wasn't outraged by it as other people because I think if we score, it sticks a. It's like sticking a plaster on the trying to put the building wall back up. I don't. I don't think it wasn't. I mean, obviously, you want to. It's difficult that you know you want to get off that eleven points. And I imagine from Wilder, it's really frustrating. I do think it were a penalty. I do think it were a poor decision. I'm not being as invested in it as some other people because I, I'd like. It's, uh, like I say, it's just sticking a plaster over something. I wasn't mm. outraged. I think it is a pen. I do think it's a definite pen. Maybe that's colouring my view of this a little bit. The fact that I was like, we just don't really deserve anything from this. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, I hope Bogle's all right because he does get mm. absolutely smashed in the shin by uh, Ariola. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Wilder said he, he were all right. He says on the coach, he said that was the most important thing. You're quite a spiky interview from Wilder after on there. Uh, on Radio Sheffield FL, um, which is understandable. He's, he's like us on here in a way. He's just answering the same questions every week. It must be sort of, you know, I mean, he's, 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 he seems to have gone into the world of politics as well, didn't he, last week, just to mix it up a little bit. So maybe yeah. we should follow suit. <laughs> maybe. Now we know why uh, all United's attacks are coming from the right wing. That's hey. very much. Boom, boom. Right. Anything else you want to say <laughs> about Fulham? No, nothing at all. I think it was just, you know, it were inevitable what were going to happen. It were a terrible performance, and it's one that I don't think we'll be doing a memorable match on it anyway, put it that no. way anytime soon. So. No, we, we probably will not. Well, shall we do our memorable match for this week? That's all I want to say about yeah. Fulham. As I say, I, I'm not... I don't feel comfortable laying into players who were out of position, probably not good enough. Some of them aren't fit. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think you can definitely... You definitely say, I, I want to see more than what they did show. And, you know, mm. not having a single shot in a half or a single touch in a opposition box is, is really lame. And it was very unenjoyable to watch. But, um, yeah, that's kind of all I want to say about it, really. My, my alternative man of the match is anyone who watched every single minute of it and didn't turn off before the end. I'll, I'm going to give a shout-out, actually, to Sheffield United away. I will, I'll listen across. I'll listen to that as I'm watching the match for something different. I'm sick of the commentators. Hmm. It's just the same. All the, Sheffield United have had the worst start in history, but blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I keep it. So I thought I'd give those guys a listen and fair play to them, just purely for not swearing, because I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> as they're watching along, it were, it, were enjoyable. it were a little bit like being at the game to a degree where you've just got some more Sheffield United fans moaning at you in the background, which understandably moaning as well. Mm. They said, this is rubbish, and I'm like nodding along. So, yeah, fair play to them for, uh, <laughs> for doing those watch-alongs. I don't know how many views they're getting for it, but, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it as much as... Far more than the commentary that we've had this season anyway, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm just sick of televised football, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, the... Completely, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to uh, get me back into a ground ASAP. Daniel Mann next season. That's, That's a nice true. link this, by the way. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, well, let us move on to a game commentated by Daniel Mann. And we're going back to uh, 2015, a playoff tie between Sheff Sheffield United and Swindon. 
So this was our, our eighth attempt at, uh, at winning the playoffs, if you include the, yeah. uh, the, the relegation playoff. Um, and, and what a wild one, mate. I mean, uh, did you go to... Were you in attendance for either of these two legs? Are we going to talk... I've got another, another toilet anecdote, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first game, uh, I missed our... I didn't go to the away match. I watched the away match at my mate's house. Uh, the, the home game I went to... Um, and went. This is I, I try and keep up with the real men by drinking before a match, and my bladder just can't take it. This is why I miss so many goals. But I think we scored about twenty-five minutes in or something against in the home leg or something like that. Yeah. And I thought it was safe to go to the uh, the Carze to a, um, to a, <laughs> let yeah yeah to, to relieve myself, and then I heard this massive cheer. Uh, so I missed the goal. Uh, thankfully, got back for their two goals. But <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah, um, we started to... that game really well. That that Swindon home match. The first twenty twenty five minutes, we were really piling the pressure on them, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is you know because we turned up for the cup games all season, haven't we? Um, yeah, yeah. And the season before, you think, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe they'll, you know, this is Clough's sort of thing. We've been really poor pretty much all season. Uh, maybe this is the big games coming. This is where they turn up. I mean, just before we go on to that, by the actual match, found this really interesting. We'd been fifth in the league from February, like not moved up or down, oh, which is really? a weird place to be for that long. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange. Um, it was a strange league table that one actually. In terms of like, it, it was just it seemed to be settled for for such a long time. Yeah, um, Swindon finished eight points in front of us in fourth, but they aren't one in the last five, so they weren't going in with any sort of momentum. Yeah, and we finished 20 points off second, who were MK Dons, which really says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, we had yeah. 71 points, and MK Dons had, had 91, Bristol City with 99. Actually, before we get into this, I just need to uh, follow up on um, on our, our last discussion, our last memorable Oh, match. yeah. Where uh, we were talking about the brothers uh, Craig and Chris Short, who played for United, couldn't remember too many other pairs of brothers who played for the Blades, and uh, Twitter came through with some good ones. Mm. Um, Rob and Andy Scott, I had forgotten about that was uh, Rodolfo pointed yeah, that one out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few people reminded us of the uh, McFadzian brothers, Kyle and Callum. So uh, yep. Jake and Jamie got that one. Callum, um, uh, Kyle, I think. Only played in a League Cup game, um, but Callum made several. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure about the Kyle uh, one. I knew obviously Callum did, but I wasn't sure if, if Kyle had actually played for us. But um, he, he, he says on Wikipedia he didn't, but obviously that's not the. You know, he said, in fact, he says he didn't did make an appearance. And on the actual section, it said he made his first team debut as a substitute in a League Cup game. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Paul and Brian Smith as well uh, yeah. from the uh, 80s team, I think. That yep. was uh, Brendan Moffat and Paul Haywood flagged that one. Richard Sands says uh, he thinks Paul went into the clothing business after football and uh, <laughs> apparently made decent suits. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um, a few people said about the Jagielkas. Steve Jagielka was on our books, but he never yeah. made a first-team appearance, I don't think. He was only, no, uh, did he go to Shrewsbury, I think, didn't he? I think he was. Uh, I think he was there before uh, he came to us. Oh, like is he... that right? I think so. Oh, yeah, you're like... right. Yeah, you are. Yeah, they went to Accrington Stanley from us, actually. Yeah, uh, Chris Byrne pointed that one out, and uh, Joseph Clift, who, who I, th- I think is always good with a fact or two for uh, for this podcast, actually. But uh, I completely forgot that Gary Kelly was uh, Alan Kelly's yes. brother. That had I, that's what I missed. One game under Gary Kelly, he, he only played one game for us in a two 0 defeat away at Watford. <laughs> good memory. Well yeah, I don't know why I've, that's just stuck stuck in there. Yeah, well, yeah, we <laughs> we talked about this. What was that? Oh two oh three. 
Yeah, with the uh, playoff uh, triple assault season. Yeah, uh, we yeah, obviously we rested Paddy. But the only game Paddy Kenny missed that season, actually, I think. I think mm. that's right. Well, there you go. Made some uh, made some history. And one one final follow up fact. This is not brother related. Uh, Chris Byrne with this one again. Paul Eiffel recently appointed as the coach of Samoa's women's national team. Wow, I missed this. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know this. Good luck to the lad. I'm, I'm uh, not surprised I missed it. To be honest, so it's like, <laughs> like stop the COVID news, Paul Eiffel. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Good to know what he's uh, what he's up to these days. Right, let's let's get back to Swindon then. So yeah, this this home leg, as you say, we we didn't win any of our last five league games. We finished twenty points behind second place MK Dons, and uh, we do take the league in. Excuse me, we take the lead in the home leg. Uh, Kieran Freeman smashing one in. Um, I suppose more significantly in that game, John Brayford, who was playing centre half, mm-hmm. suffered a serious injury. Which um, I mean, uh, uh, I can't remember. It was his cruciate ligament. It was certainly a really bad knee injury, wasn't I it? I think the fact he was playing centre half at all, though, uh, tells a massive story about that season. <laughs> it does. Uh, I have a good sort of little segue on on centre half. So I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, Swindon miss a penalty in this game, uh, the home leg. Howard saves it, um, but they do equalise in the second half with a header from a corner. And then right at the end, 93rd minute, long-range shot sort of skips up over Howard and into the net, and we lose 2-1. So we're going into that away leg, 2-1 down. I did go to the away leg. It is one of the strangest sporting experiences I've ever had. Um, you were there. That's that's really good. Yeah, I, I, I wish I'd have gone in a in a weird way. Probably not at the time, but it's one of those that you remember. Yeah, I was quite up. I was quite optimistic. I don't know why, because as we said, this wasn't this team had kind of it had limped a bit, hadn't it, towards the finish line. But there were some there were some good individuals in this. Really, team. there's five ex Premier League players, four future Premier League players, should I say, in our squad: in Basham, Jamie Murphy, Kieran Freeman, Shea Adams, and Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I was I was optimistic that we could turn it round, even with our dreadful uh, playoff record and the fact that Swindon had finished several points in front of us, as you said. Um, it, it's a strange sporting experience because there was no visible scoreboard from the away end, as far as I can remember. I honestly lost count of what the score was multiple times, and and had to have like frantic conversations with my dad and my brother, and certainly in like the last ten minutes. Um, and then you've got the added factor of like you have to add on the goals from the first leg as well, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. racking your brains going, there are no away goals, right? Like, in the away goals don't aren't like a tiebreaker or anything like that. It was, oh, it was a really a, just an odd game to <laughs> to be in attendance for. I mean, yeah, yeah it, we'll obviously get quite deep into. Uh, just the, uh, before we start on the actual second leg, do you remember the teams coming out and what you felt? Because obviously the the centre half, you know, the in particular the Alcock and uh, McEverly centre half partnership. I think I thought, oh my god, um, yeah. So well, I did yeah, a bit that... of research into this. The last time uh, Alcock played at all for us was in on seventeenth of January. We were lost one 0 to MK Dons. He played at right back. The last yeah. time he played at centre half was the second game of the season, which was also a one 0 defeat to Coventry. So he'd not played for us since the seventeenth of January. Then all of a sudden he's centre half for the playoff semi final. Yeah, I know. It's this is uh this is desperate stuff, and it so there's no absent from this team, Scoogal, Baxter and Brayford, who I think were all injured. Yeah. Um big losses those three for sure. Mm. But um the defence, dear dear Lord, the defence. This has to be one of the worst defences we've fielded in 
Certainly the last 30 years, surely. Find me a worse defence than this. You've got Kieran Freeman, who actually had a good game in this, because I, I quite sadly kept an eye on this on Christmas Day when it were on. I don't know why, I just had it in the background. And Kieran Freeman actually played all right from what I saw in this game. Bob Harris didn't have a great game. Uh, and then, mm. to be honest, the full-backs, Harris and Freeman, that's fine for League One, I think. I mean, Harris were all right for, for, for the majority of that that season. Uh, but those two centre-halves, wow. Well, Alcock and McEverley at centre-back, neither of whom really were centre-backs for them. I mean, no. uh, McEverley was more of a left-back and, and Alcock was a right-back. He was a he was a pretty small right-back, to be honest. And yeah. we were playing both of those in the middle. Yeah, I, I don't think Kieran Freeman... I think he was a, at best an average League One right-back at that point. I think it was a couple yeah, of years yeah, before yeah. He, uh, he changed. Craig, Craig Alcock was 5'8", by the way, which is not much bigger than me. And I'm really small. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, I mean, why? Why have we arrived at that situation? Uh, Harrison McGay was on the bench because yep. he, wa- he wasn't good enough to play. The new Harry Maguire he was brought in as. <laughs> oh, oi vey. That wasn't good. Neil Collins. a little bit like it. Same initials. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Collins had been bombed out. I'm just going to run through this. from. Uh, this is, I found this on the S2 forum. It's from uh, Loughborough Blade. This is Clough's... Now, I don't think we mentioned this. Nigel Clough was, of course, the manager. Clough season of centre backs in review. Signs <laughs> signs Andy Butler and Harrison McGay. Sells Harry Maguire, nothing he could do there. Pairs the inexperienced McGay alongside fullback Craig Alcock with Collins on the bench. Butler appears in the cup and scores, but then is not in the squad for the league. There's rumours of a fallout. He's immediately loaned to Walsall. Paddy McCarthy is loaned, is generally appalling. McEverly <laughs> moves from left back to centre back after another fallout with Collins. Butler returns from Walsall, is immediately loaned to Donny Rovers. As Paddy McCarthy leaves, Terry Kennedy comes in. Effective, though clearly not fit. He did look really good, Kennedy. I like level. Kennedy. Really unlucky with injuries, weren't I? Really unlucky, yeah. Uh, Basham was moved to centre-back for the first time of the season at Spurs. Basham and Kennedy get one game together, actually against Swindon, which was a, a clean sheet and a 2-0 win. Mm. Then McEverly comes back in for Kennedy... <laughs> Collins at this point hasn't been seen since October. Yeah. Uh, in in response to the centre back issues, we sell Butler to Donny Rovers permanently. Then sign two more right backs in Brayford and Freeman. <sighs> uh, Collins sent out on loan to Port Vale. Collins does return from loan ahead of the playoffs, but doesn't feature. Brayford moves to centre back immediately, picks up an injury that he never really fully recovers from. And then, as you say, Alcock handed his first start since January and uh, paired with McEverly for their one and only game together. End spectacularly. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why we didn't go up. It's amazing, isn't it, when you look at that? Uh, another thing here: we used thirty-nine players that season, which is a lot, but not the most ever. But eighteen players made the debut. Oh God! Eighteen <laughs> players. That's that's in, that's that's a full squad. <laughs> that, is, that is mad. Let's uh, let me just go through the teams then. So Mark Howard in goal, as we mentioned, the defense: Alcock, Freeman, Harris, McEverly. Basham, Coots, Flynn and Doan, and then um, Jamie Murphy and Mark McNulty starting up front. So six Scotsmen in the team. Mm. Yeah, I think you would probably say that uh, it, it was a, it was the best Scot in our team now. I think it's probably Got to be Murphy, Jamie Murphy, it? aren't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, on the bench, two more Scotsmen, actually. Ian Turner, the goalkeeper, McGay, Ben Davies, not the Spurs one, Michael Doyle, Jason Holt, Che Adams and Steve Davis. For uh, for Swindon, one Wes Fodderingham in goal. <laughs> Signed the keeper that conceded five goals against us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan Byrne, who uh, I always wanted to sign, he was uh, that's who scored the uh, 
the the winner yeah. in the home leg. Good goal. Sam, it it was a good goal, but it did sort of bounce over Howard. Bounced in front of Howard, yeah. Yeah, Sam Ricketts, who I think actually scored the other goal in that game from the corner. Mm. Uh, Jack Stevens, Jordan Turnbull, Nathan Thompson, Ben Gladwin, Yasser Kazim, Massimo Luongo now plays for Wednesday, yeah. I believe. Yeah, Jermaine, yeah, yeah. Jermaine Hilton and uh, Michael Smith. Is he at QPR now, Michael Smith? Or was he I QPR? think that's Matt Smith, isn't it? Oh, it might be, yeah. I always get those two mixed up, actually, because they're very boring uh, games. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's him. Sorry, yeah. yeah I'm not going to even read that out. I put Michael Smith in a, a, <laughs> Did you get a, a criminal player? game for a very oh, serious... Right. <laughs> um, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's at Rotherham, actually, Michael Smith. Oh, is he? Okay. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we said that about future Premier League players with us, and uh, it's, it's interesting. There's very few <clears throat> names there in that Swindon team that went on to do yeah. anything of note. Really. I was going to say that it's not a great Swindon team. Swindon have beaten us five two earlier on this season, by the way, as well. I don't know if you remember yeah, that game. I, I do. You've, you've you've nicked one of my fun facts. Oh, there. I'm really sorry. No, 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 oh, no, no that's right. That was, that was yeah. a minor one. So yeah, we uh, we had two trips to the county ground this season and uh, conceded <laughs> ten goals. So. Yeah, good, good effort by us, and uh, yeah, I think Alcock and McEverly and and Howard, of course, were uh, were playing in um, in both of those games. Um, I think they got the playoffs the season before as well, Swindon. So they were a decent League One team. Mm, yeah, but, um, for eighteen minutes, we made them look like peak Barcelona. Um, as I said, very optimistic going into this one that we could turn it round. And Swindon were 3-0 up on the night after 18 minutes, which made it 5-1 on aggregate. And talk me through your memories of that first 20 minutes. It's difficult. I went around to a mate's house. I wasn't as optimistic as you, but I'm thinking, you know, we get a goal. You've got to get an early goal. That's still the cliche, but you do think that. And we're back level and the momentum's in our... And then before I'd sort of finished my first can of lager, we were 3-0 down. <laughs> and I remember just being sat there seeing, like, this is so embarrassing. Because it, I remember, like, getting text messages from my Wednesday pals at the time, obviously rubbing it in, rightly so. Um, and I, I had nothing to come back. It was so embarrassing, I felt. I think we've talked this season about being humiliated and stuff, and this was just a different ballpark of humiliation. Because this wasn't, as we've said, a good Swindon team. Mm. Um, they, they, we, um, the, the, the overriding memory of this game, and I don't know if this is the same for you, is after the third goal when the camera cuts to Clough with his head in his hands, <laughs> sort Dude. of rubbing, rubbing his eyes as if, what am I? What have I done? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously I couldn't see that being in attendance, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of that, and uh, I'm sure I'll have caught it on the, some highlights at some yeah, point. Yeah, but... yeah. Yeah, three 0 up, making it five one on aggregate, and you're just thinking that's that's that. What were I mean, you some... thinking just being there? But what was the atmosphere like? Angry, like really, really. I mean, I was personally just like just stunned. I, I yeah. could, I sort of couldn't believe what I was watching, but there was absolute fury around me. I mean, some people just walked out. Um, yeah, yeah. this is a thing actually. Yeah, I read a few threads on S two and. And people were saying, oh, yeah, you know, I walked out or lots of people walked out and stuff. So, Yeah, we just stood there in kind of in shock, really. The thing is, we could sort of see it happening. I don't know if this was like just more luck than judgment, but Swindon, it felt like they just completely targeted the left-hand side of our defence, which, mm. funnily enough, is where we actually had a real player in Bob Harris. But, yeah, but I think yeah. he had to... He had to go in. He he was sort of sucked into the middle more, mm. and uh, you had Burn powering forward, and they had another man outside him, and it was just like 
you're just watching <laughs> it going so you're behind the opposite goal. So you've got a, a great view of like the 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 width of the team, if you like. And it, yeah. it just looked like they had four players to one on the right hand side. And yeah, that's basically where the goals came from. One gets the first one. I think all three come from crosses, crosses from the right, from their right, I should say, our left. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, first one gets headed up in the air and uh, Gladwin powers in a... It is a great volley, but um, again, mm. it's that sort of avoidable Nobody thing. Nobody closing like, him down, is it all? Yeah. Uh, the second one is absolute amateur hour, isn't it? Like, it looks like we've tackled it. The guy gets to the byline, pulls it back, and there's there's two unmarked men pretty much on our goal line yeah, and they just yeah. knock it in. Um, and then the third one, I mean, Freeman, uh, this is why I don't think he was a very good defender at that time. Mm. Just, I, I can't even say it gets out muscled. He kind of just stands there while the guy controls it and it eventually just gets swept into the net. And yeah, they were awful goals, weren't they? It wasn't, I mean, you say that the first one was a good strike, but you felt like the situation was probably avoidable. But yeah. the other two were just like, oh my God, you know, we've played 40, this is our 48th game, league game of the season, if you like. And uh, it, there it goes. It's gone. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. It's absolutely torpedoed. And, I remember um, being angry at the, at the team. I remember being angry that we've ended up, because it had a lot of money to spend, Clough, in terms of uh, in a League One budget, I think, compared to the rest mm-hmm. of the, the division, at least. Spent two million on Brayford or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And Paul Cooter obviously came in. He wanted to be on, he'd have been on fairly decent wages and what have you. And we've ended up with that defence. I remember being really angry about that. Yeah, justifiably. <laughs> um, less than a minute after going 3-0 down. Pivotal freaky, moment. <laughs> a freakish deflection uh, right in front of us for an own goal, which um, yeah. this does make me laugh watching the highlights. It's, it's like the mo- most sarcastic cheer possible yeah, for the yeah, goal. Yeah, I broke that down. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I reacted as well. I, was like, I probably just like lifted one arm up and was like, yeah. you know, like... Who cares? Like, barely. I think I probably celebrated goals in friendlies more than that. Um, and then, quite shockingly, nothing happened for almost 20 whole minutes mm, yeah. before uh, Chris Basham powers in a diving header from Bob Harris's cross. The original well, Basham's arriving. It was, yeah. Do you want to just expand on that? Uh, Daniel Mann, who did the, the, the famous Basham's arriving against Leeds, did this game commentary as well. And he says, it, if people haven't uh, seen it, you could put it in on YouTube, uh, on uh, Twitter and you'll find the commentary from this game. And he says it again. So it's the, the original Basham's arriving. Ball comes in from Bob Harris. Good cross, actually. And uh, Daniel Lang goes, uh, Basham's arriving. 3-2. You know what I mean? So, it's, uh, yeah, maybe there's something about the word Basham that just makes him want to say arriving. Unless he does yeah. it for every single player that has a shot. Basham's first ever goal for us. Yeah, I was surprised when you told me that. Yeah, I, um, I thought he Jamie uh... Murphy's last, by the way, as well. Mm, so what was he sold after this? He was season? sold. He played against Gillingham uh, the the match after this. Oh, the, that's the right. Game, yeah. And then he was sold after that. So this was Murphy's last goal. Basham's first. Yeah. Um, so Basham powers in this header. I got a little bit excited. I've got to mm-hmm. say, I think it was the sort of like, oh, hang on, you know, that's uh, that's three two on the night. You're just sort of thinking. Uh, almost like, can we just create a bit of panic here by being more enthusiastic? We were creating chances in the game. This is what was so annoying. Mm. We, we obviously were awful at the back and looked like we could see it any, any time. But we had a lot of good chances in that first half. I think like Ryan Flynn had a header over. Yeah, uh, yeah. Were it McNulty missed, missed a sh- I think it might have been someone, I can't remember who it was now, but someone else had a shot that keeper Fodringham saved. We were creating chances, so you were thinking. I remember going at half-time thinking... 
it's unlikely still because of the way our defense is playing. Because you know you'll think they'll probably get another. But if we can get, like you say, we get that first goal again in the in the second half, panic stations. Yeah, because I mean, you look at it then. It's it's five three. Like we're only only two goals down at that point, mm. and we've when we've just scored the last two goals. So you know, you think, well, you know, like you say, bit of panic. The momentum's with us. I, I can't totally remember how I felt at half time. I think I was still a little bit in shock, but it was like kind of like maybe mm-hmm. something weird's mm-hmm. happening here. You know, playoff weird things happen in playoff second legs, don't they? Yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking yeah. like, and we have we have a bit of firepower to our team. Uh, you know, perhaps not as much firepower in retrospect as uh, as it felt at the time. But yeah, yeah. You know, well, if you got someone like Jamie Murphy, you just you fancy that we could. Uh, we could do something maybe, but mm. yeah, there's um, a penalty on the hour mark. This is into the second half. I thought that were it. I did as well, yeah. Because um, we again, I think we've been pushing quite well and keeper made a couple of good saves, and then um, they break away. Howard absolutely obliterates uh, obliterates their forward, yeah. and uh, this was their fourteenth penalty of the season. Swindon, it's oh. a lot. They'd actually missed five, <laughs> but. Um, they didn't miss this one. Smith sticks it away in front of us. And uh, yeah, 4-2, you're thinking that that has to be that now. That's 6-2 on aggregate. Um, but almost immediately... 6-3. 6 yeah. Steve... Yeah. Sorry, have I got my numbers wrong? You said 6-2. It is 6-3. I'm losing count. It is 6-3, yeah. You yeah, 6-3, the... that's right. Yeah. Imagine the difficulty I had in person having <laughs> uh, been drinking before the match. Um, yeah. <laughs> Steve Davis, he makes it 4-3 on the night. Steve Davis, not the snooker player. Where where yeah. was he from, Steve Davis? Did we have him on loan? Have a guess where Steve Davis were from. Oh, God. <laughs> well, he must have been from Derby, then. He was from Derby, yeah. Of course it was, yeah. <laughs> he, he did okay for us, didn't he? I remember him scoring at Barnsley in a... Uh... In a win, and we actually. I've just got to double check this. Actually, he was at Derby with Clough. Then he'd gone to Blackpool. So we actually signed him from Blackpool, but Clough knew him from Derby. Yeah, that was. Uh, he scored two one. goals for us out of thirteen, which is not fantastic. I think he was just a big target man, weren't he? Yeah, and he uh, he does power in a header to make it four three on the night. And then we had a little breather for twenty minutes, and then just an embarrassing bit of defending for this for Swindon's fifth. Um, uh, it's John Abeeker, isn't it? He, um, yeah. Oh, it was so obvious what he was going to do, and McEvely just lets him cut inside onto his left foot and just just clip it into the goal. This is with six yeah. minutes to go, and uh, and that truly was that. That you you were thinking that was uh, what was that seven four? I think wasn't it seven four? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, seven four. Yeah. <laughs> I've written all this down, and I still can't keep track of it. <laughs> um. A few minutes later, it's so the 88th minute. Matt Doan finishes off a, uh, a goal mouth scramble. Just a word uh, on Matt Doan. Um, he got, because we, we signed him in January uh, this season, he got 7 in 12. He did all right. He, I, think he was, uh, I remember thinking, this guy is the answer to our goal scoring pro. I really did, because that's an incredible risk. 7 in 12. And he, he obviously banged him in for Rochdale earlier that season as well, hadn't he? So. Yeah, I think he he must have ended up with about eighteen goals that season. I guess I'm sure he had like eleven or twelve when we signed him. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they've been a, towards the top goal scorer. I think it was his first season as a striker as well. Uh, yeah, he'd been playing like right wing back or something like that. Or... Yeah, I think he got te- yeah he got ten goals before he came to us, and then he got seven with us. He got seventeen that season. Nice. Um, I think I had this written down actually. Three. Where were we? Uh, three players reached double figures for goals that season. Can you, can mm. you name them? <laughs> Oh, uh, Murphy. Yep. 
Uh, I'll say McNulty. Yes, that surprised me. Uh, the other one, I'm off to say Baxter. Yeah, three hey, out of three. Get Very good. Yes. Um, so uh, I can't remember what score it was, but we're up to Matt Doan scoring. Yeah, uh, so one behind. No, two behind. Yes. Made, made it 5-4 on the night, 7-5 seven, uh, seven, on That's aggregate, right. heading into injury time. Che Adams comes <laughs> on. Scores a brilliant goal. I mean, yeah. just a real insight into the player he would become, I think. Where he shrugs this off is, I remember people being annoyed that he'd not played more this season as well. Mm. Was this his first goal since the uh, Spurs Cup game? Uh, going to double check. Um, hang on. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'd not actually scored a league goal for us. Oh, right, okay. Um, but yeah, he... he Turns away from a defender, cuts onto his left foot, and uh, foddering and doesn't cover himself in glory. I think it's fair to say, but uh, a, a nice goal to make it five-five. And, and this one, I did celebrate a little bit because it was yeah. like, "This is, you know, that's two in two minutes. This is, this is happening." And then the uh, injury time board goes up. There's seven minutes. We actually ended up playing nine minutes, if you can mm. believe it. Um, but uh, no further goals from United. Although there was one. Adams had one, uh, I don't know if I can call it disallowed. Did you, did you see this on the highlights? Yeah, I don't know why they put that on the highlights, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. He's um, He fouls his man, Adams, and the referee blows his whistle. And about two seconds later, he shoots into the net. And obviously, everyone stopped, including the goalkeeper. So I think it's, yeah. a, it's a stretch to say it was disallowed. Um, you can tell the fans like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was not one of them. I'm, uh, I'm happy to say I'd, uh, I'd, I'd spotted the free kick of that one, um, and yeah, it finishes five all. Uh, it finishes seven six on aggregate. The full time whistle blows. Bitter aggro after the game as uh, yes. Swindon fans come up to all the United fans who uh, there was not many stewards there. I'll say that, and it was not a uh, it, it was not particularly savoury scenes. A lot of uh, a lot of angry people in the face of. Uh, taunting Swindon fans. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was very weird to see United score five goals and uh, and barely celebrate any of them. Yeah. Did. It's yeah. classic, that, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> this was the the highest-scoring um, playoff game in, uh, in the history of the format. I was listening to, quickly, Kevin, actually, uh, this week, and it was... Uh, it were, they were focusing on... A, they were Swindon Town documentary on YouTube, which is really such a poor documentary, but I'll not go into that, but yeah. And they were sort of reviewing this documentary that a Swindon fan on, and they were talking... Because they, in the documentary, they end up winning the playoff final 4-3 that season under Glenn Hoddle. And mm. the, uh, Josh Whitaker says to him, oh, is that the best playoff, fi- best playoff game you've ever seen? He goes, oh, no, 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 5-5 against Sheffield United. And I'm like... Yeah, from their point of view, it must have been absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I was reading through the um, the BBC BBC Sports like live ticker thing for it. Yeah, and, uh, there's loads of things of Swindon fans emailing in and texting in and saying like, "This is dreamland. This is like the best football I've ever seen Swindon play." Like, yeah, at, uh, at well, three on nil, the view Got the view from at the time up, and they were like, "Best game I've ever seen live." Crazy from the first whistle to the last fair play. A lot of the. Uh, Praising for us, actually. They were saying, well, well, great determination from the Blades. Think they'll go up next year. Fair play to Sheffield United. They never gave up. Uh, I thought Sheffield United really added to it. You know, really proper sort of, yeah. And then they were having to go at their own supporters for being disgraceful. <laughs> earlier, so, 
Yeah, I'm not going to condemn their fans too much because I think everyone does that these days. Well, obviously not these days. <laughs> Coming in the bottom ground, is, but... stick with Clough and they'll be up there next season for sure. Wow. <laughs> you ne- will never know. We'll get onto that yeah. in a second. Um, yeah, so the the highest scoring playoff match in history. The uh, the previous was eight goals. I think also it's the highest scoring two leg playoff in his, as in the highest aggregate. Um, yeah. The BBC report says there was a nine three between Crewe and Walsall in 93, but obviously this finished uh, 7-6, so 13 goals instead of 12. So, yeah, I think it's the highest-scoring uh, aggregate playoffs game, uh, playoff score in the, in the history of the format. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess the sort of... Uh, if you're a Swindon fan, yeah, obviously it was amazing, but I guess the dampener for a Blades fan is we were never within... The closest we came was that Adams goal, wasn't it? We were, yeah, that was the yeah, only that, time. That was the only time the entire match that I, I, I sort of came off my seat with a proper cheer. Yeah. In the entire second, like, all the other goals that we scored, I were just sort of, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. But, uh, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. The closest I've come is um, the Fulham game a few years ago under Wilder, yeah. the 5-4. Fi- the much more um, happy ending in a way, though. Even though we lost that game, it was it was such a good game. We we, you know, we Fulham were clearly better than us, <clears throat> uh, and we put up a real good fight to come back into it. This were a different sort of. I remember gen- people being genuinely angry after this. Yeah, yeah, really, uh, really furious at full time. I think as well, obviously exacerbated by uh, Swindon fans goading us and stuff. And uh, what, what surprised me is there's a poll on S2 from the time, and it said clough in or clough out. And most people, and uh, 65% actually want a clough to stay. Do you know? I remember that, and I was one of them. I think I wanted yeah. some. Co- I wanted continuity at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I remember being right angry because... at him, completely messing that window up, but thinking, well, we can't keep sacking managers. Yeah, that was that was where I was at as well, and uh, I think I was proven right because look what happened under Atkins. Eh? Yeah, exactly. If we kept Clough, who knows? We could have been fifteenth in the championship by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about Clough, who was indeed sacked not too long after this. The uh, the club's uh, quite delicate phrasing was uh, they they felt a change in direction was necessary. Um, Bizarre this, want... by the way, because do you remember Clough doing the promo video for the season tickets about two days before he was sacked? No, I forgot that. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and dig that out, actually, after this, if I get a chance. Uh, I'll, I'll post it below link uh, on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, he did the promo video saying, get your season tickets next season. We show tremendous fighting spirit at Swindon. Then he got sacked. With the... So something weird happened. There's also a route. I don't know how true this is. This is, again, on S2, that Jim Phipps came into the dressing room after the Swindon game and led a round of applause for Clough uh, with the yeah. plays and stuff. And then he got fired. <laughs> well, he does mention that. He mentions that Phipps was in the... Um... The uh, the changing room afterwards, yeah. doesn't he? In, in his post match interview, do you want to just talk about that? You, you sent it to me this morning. I the, love uh, this interview. It's it's classic. a great interview. We'll we'll share the link actually on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, I love this interview. He's so angry, and he? he's so ratty. It's unbelievable. He, <laughs> ratty he, is a one of my favourite lines in it. He said, "We could have scored 60. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they could have scored seventy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're really good going for. We should have. So he, he uh, as I go, uh, I think, I think it's is it Jonathan Buchan? I think it's Jonathan Buchan interviewing film yeah. of Sheffield uh, uh, presenter. Uh, in, he's he said uh, he starts asking questions, and halfway through, Clough just turns around and says, "You're not going to ask me about John Brayford." He's like, "What? He's our best player. Got injured last week. You're going to ask how he is." 
Because well, I'm going to come on to that. Because well, you should have come on to it earlier. Like, oh, yes, that's having a go at his job. He just picks out McNulty, which he did all season. He, out of nowhere, he just goes, "Yeah, I mean, we didn't. I mean, McNulty weren't very good, were we? People want him in. Yeah. Want him. <laughs> what? That was that was remarkable. When it just out of nowhere is like basically said, you know, you all wanted me to play McNulty. Well, look at what he's done. He's done absolutely nothing tonight. But he's your uh, player. Why are you playing? Yeah. You don't think he's good enough? Don't put him in. I can't. It, it's it's impressive how quickly things soured with Clough, I think. Because yeah. I was really, I was very team Clough that season before. Um, you know, I felt, I had so much gratitude towards him for like restoring a bit of love for United to me, for me to be honest, with um, with the cup runs and stuff. It was the first time in, in years I'd felt some pride in the yeah. team. And then, yeah, you get to this, you get to the end and it, it soured so much. And as you say that... Was it eight been... wins without conceding? Eight, eight games without conceding a goal under him the season before or something. I remember, like, in the league, we obviously yeah. t- took over when we were second bottom and we finished seventh. And you think, and then he just ruined it with that with that uh, pre-season, the signings and stuff. Yeah, and that post-match interview is... I mean, if, if people think that uh, Wilder and Mike McCarthy don't get on, then, oh, this... Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it is Buchan, isn't it? He's, um, he's not pulling any punches, is he? Yeah, I don't get the feeling there's much mutual respect there, to be honest. He's like <laughs> properly pounding him with, with questions about like his future and stuff like that. And, it, you know, he's like about the soft underbelly of the team. Like, whoa. I think if he'd, if somebody was saying that now about Wilders United, I think they'd get a load of stick. The actual interviewer, I mean. I think, yeah, I think yeah, we'd, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we're more tribal now, like sort of uh, in, a, in a, a more embraced social media age, I suppose. I think uh, I can't I didn't... find this uh, promo thing that we'll talk about, by the way. But I, I have found that after the game, Clough was allowed to make uh, people left, and he re-signed McEvoy. Mm. It's a strange one for me. This that I've got a feeling something happened. I mean, I'm, I'm only speculating, but it looked so much like he was definitely going to stay. Like I said, he did the promo video for the season tickets. There's an interview with him here about you know re-signing Jay McEvely on a longer contract and uh, letting Michael Doyle leave and and it's an in, an actual interview with him. It's not just like a, a statement and he's talking about why he did these things. So yeah, well he says uh, he says we've made progress this season. We've gone from seventh to fifth and yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel like that at the time, did it? It really no. felt like we were we were treading water, but then we uh, we treaded slightly deeper water the following season. Um, I mean, I, I'm just going to pick this out. This is actually his pre-match interview. It's on uh, Sky's website. I thought this was a really shocking thing to say. He said, uh, this is, talking about the first leg, uh, he says, we know we played well at home. Decisions went against us and we let in two soft goals. We can't, we can't let that happen tonight. I take penalties. That blew me away. Did he say away. that? Yeah. He's basically saying... Uh, I'll be happy to draw the game. And I, I imagine that, there's people listening oh, to this being like Pete clicking their fingers. Clough. Like, Pete. Pete Clough, yeah. Exactly. You know, we, you start with a point, that kind of thing. I yeah. I can't believe that. I, I oh, Yeah, what mad. attitude. If, you, if you're two or three goals down, then okay, fine. It's one goal in here going into the second leg. I was really surprised. T- you can't that. say I'd take penalties. That's just a, that's basically saying I'll take a flip of a coin. To... Yeah. <laughs> No, Forget I thought the that tactics. Was... I'll take a flip of the coin into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very revealing. Um, wow. We should say that the diverging paths of uh, of these two clubs after this mm. game 
Swindon go into the playoff final. They get absolutely destroyed by Preston. It's 4 0, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Preston, Preston finished... with that win, by the way, um, they had the worst playoff record out of any team ever, and they won that. And so that meant we had it. We'd lost more Goal. playoff games at, you know, whatever percentage or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Good old Preston. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they smashed Swindon in the final. And, uh, I mean, I dread to think what they would have done to us, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. At Imagine least that. that. 18 points ahead of us, they finished, Preston. It would have been really interesting if we'd have gone through, if we'd have said that, that Adam's goal would have counted and we'd have won on pens like Clough Dream. <laughs> um, and who would he have played at centre-half? Because Collins had gone, basically. Brayford mm. were obviously... Re- would we have gone with those two again? Probably would have had to. Maybe McGay would have started. Oh, my word. That, that I'm glad we lost, you know, because can you imagine the playoff final at Wembley? We're all there and we're losing 7-0 to Preston. <laughs> uh, that would have been bad. Um, but Swindon, I mean, it's it, this was as good as it got, really, wasn't it, for uh, yeah. certainly to yeah. present day. they um, The season that we... Uh, were playing in the Premier League for the first time in 12 years, whatever it was, they were playing in League Two. So, yeah, they uh, they got relegated the year we got promoted. No, I think it was the next yeah. year, wasn't it? They oh, was it the year league. after? They're now Maybe more they famous, did. aren't they, for having a team of Smiths? <laughs> yes. How many, did you, how did you know, yeah, they've got four Smiths in their squad at the moment, Swindon. And one of them is ours, of course. Tyler, is still yeah. There? Tyler Smith, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's still there, Tyler Smith, yeah. Excellent stuff. So, uh, yeah, we, we move on from Clough. Uh, Adkins comes in, doesn't go well. Then Chris Wilder arrives yeah. and things uh, things do improve, even uh, even if we're having a, a rough time of it at the moment. Um, I want to let's get into our fun facts for this one. Yes. Three fun facts. What have you got to start <laughs> me with? This is the most subs we ever used in a season. Whoa. This is up until last. This is up until last season, where we may have broke it because of the five subs thing at the end. Mm. I'm not sure if that records. But we made 132 substitutions. Oh, so you mean the actual act of substituting, not the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, number yeah, yeah, of yeah. players? Yeah, we, uh, we made basically every game. He uses his three subs every single match. See, I would have thought Warnock would have done that. So that is impressive. Yeah, How this is you- in the back. The, uh, the 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 first program uh, the first Atkins' first home game. He said we use 132 substitutes uh, in league games, our highest total ever. We use 46 of a possible 51 in also in cup games, which is also our highest ever. <laughs> yeah, they're just doing the maths on that. Yeah, they're averaging 2.9 subs per game, so there must have yeah. been like <laughs> maybe three games we didn't actually sub anyone. Wow, That's, that... Yeah, I don't know why. Because all right, yeah, everyone says you got to use your three subs and stuff, but I don't know. He wasn't a very proactive manager, was he? It wasn't like I'm going to change this yeah. up now. So, well, I've got not... defenders coming on. Yeah, obviously, just keep keep trying until it, it works. Well, I've got a I've got a sort of a, a sub related one as well, actually. Um, Swindon used 27 players in the last five matches of the season. Whoa! I mean, you, you said we used what 35 in the whole season. It... 39 that season. 39. So they used 27 in five. Basically, they were committed to where they were finishing and they rotated heavily uh, in those games. They you know, yeah. they, they had That's no aspirations. Well, I said, didn't they? They didn't win for the last five games. So that sort of... Exactly that, yeah. yeah. I think that, that was very much it, yeah. So they, they finished 14 points ahead of seventh. 
but 12, 12 off automatic. So they are obviously like, we're just fully into playoff mode. I don't know that that worked, to be honest, because, you know, they. I think mm. we should have beaten them at home and uh, yeah. this this game was chaos. And then they obviously got spanked <laughs> in, the, uh, in the final game as well. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. You don't see that very often, do you, of teams that just... No. I, I feel like there's a bit more of like, no, keep the core of the team together so they stay... You know, in keep the momentum going. Fitness. Yeah, yeah, that as well. Yeah, um, you already mentioned this was our second trip to the county ground, and we uh, we considered five in that one as well. It's a five-two defeat. Um, yeah, my one of my other facts: uh, the official Swindon YouTube channel has a highlights package of this game that is seventy-one seconds long. What? <laughs> there are ten goals. Like, what do they upload when they lose? Like one nil. <laughs> that's mad the, the Swindon Town uh, YouTube channel is one of the best resources for all games on YouTube you put any Sheffield United game in against Swindon in the past 20 years it'll be on their channel I mean have we had any good ones apart from uh, no but there's just there's just there's sort of games there that you've never like we drew 2-2 with them in like 1994 last game of the season and they've got the highlights for it on there it's absolutely it's the most exhaustive uh, back catalogue of games in any YouTube channel. But that's what we like to see. Also, this is another thing about Swindon. As I said earlier about that documentary they reviewed on Quickly Kevin, they, they they put that on their official YouTube channel recently, the the uh, Swindon documentary from 1993, and left the adverts in. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the Channel 4 symbol comes up, the old... Duh, 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 <laughs> And then, like, they leave the adverts. It's like a 120 minute long video. You have to skip through the adverts if you're going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. It sounds like we're, we're tying into your uh, your own podcast here with some uh, yeah, oh, 90, yeah, 90s yeah, TV yeah, memories. Yeah. Is that where you've been uh, doing all your research? Swindon's YouTube channel. We're doing all the research to come across that. Yeah, I only watched it because of the, like I said, I listened to Quickly Kevin and I thought, I'll, I'll look at this. Like I say, it's a terrible documentary. There's a great bit in it where John Gorman hits a player. Uh, Swindon oh, wow. assistant manager hits a player, so it's worth watching for that. Though it's a terrible, terrible documentary. But yeah, like, I'm watching it halfway through, and then like these adverts come on. It's like you've left the adverts in your own YouTube channel. <laughs> John Gorman, future uh, England assistant manager, I believe, with uh, with Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, he comes across like a, an absolute psycho on that. Honestly, it's, it's strange. Cause I always had him down as just a bit of a quiet man, but he's not at all. He's a uh, Constantly swearing and hitting players, and Glenville's very much the good cop in that part. Of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else have you got for me, facts wise? This this surprised me. Um, the county ground's been Swindon's home ground since 1896. Up until this point, we'd only ever won there twice. Wow. Which, yeah, we've, we've won twice since. We won under Atkins and 4 2 under Wilder. But four okay. wins ever. Ever we, since we at their ground. How many how many games are we talking? We must have had loads of games against. Yeah, well, Sweden, yeah. Right? I'm just I'm not. I didn't check into that, but uh, just bear with me as a. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that, like I say, 1896. Uh, yeah. it, that's a. I mean that that's the, their entire history, really. Let me just have a quick look. I'm just getting the old uh, 11 versus 11 on here. So we've got one, two. It's quite a lot. As in, uh, we've played quite a lot of games down the years. Uh, I, we weirdly went almost 50 years without playing them. I don't know. Maybe it's not We're talking about 25 away games, I think. Yeah. 
But uh, not, not, not a happy hunting ground <laughs> for us, obviously. Team. It's not like Old Trafford, is it? <laughs> <laughs> not exactly, no. Um, Yasser Kasim, who started this game, uh, Iraqi footballer. There are not many Iraqi no. footballers playing uh, playing in England. In fact, there are there are none currently active in all of the English leagues, um, according to uh, Soccerway.com. Anyway, there's two playing in Scotland. But uh, yeah, I was uh, looking down the nationalities of the team. I was like, I don't actually, I don't actually recognise that flag. I thought it was uh, <laughs> Egypt for a moment. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was. Uh, I don't think I can name you an Iraqi player. To be honest, I'm not. I mean, obviously the guy you've just mentioned, but I wouldn't have known that. I, I'm really struggling. There's, there's one whose name has, has currently escaped me that I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and come back to. But uh, go on, have you got my, another, another fact? Yeah, my last one is, Jay McEvely played for both sides, obviously played for Swindon and us. Did you know that he nearly died in 2009? That actually sort of rings a bell. Go on. He fractured it. He had an operation on his cheekbone, um, and it was later revealed during the operation that his heart stopped beating for two minutes. He went to intensive care where his heart was successfully restarted following a scam. Doctors gave him the all clear telling him it wouldn't affect his football. McEvely said, I had a routine op- operation on my fractured cheekbone, and once I went under, my heart stopped for two and a half minutes. They had to resuscitate me before I woke up in intensive care. I knew nothing about it until I w- woke up and was plugged into machines. It was crazy. I don't think you understand it at the time, but I look back now and think that could have been it. Wow. Um, they said that the manager started calling him Lazarus after this. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, so and he had to wear a protective thing on his cheek. But in terms of his heart, touch wood, you know, never a problem again. Yeah. Wow. No, I, I don't think I did know that actually. That's uh, yeah, that's news to me. Um, in in much less. He never serious... even made that amazing tackle against Coventry. If, <laughs> if it yeah. were sort of happened, so. Ruben Lamiris or whatever it is, absolutely <laughs> just flipped over in the air. Um, much less serious. I've got some bonus facts for you. Um, just to finish off, uh, yeah, future no. Blades target John Swift was uh, on loan at Swindon that year, but he, I saw uh, he didn't this, make, yeah. didn't make I the did bench. See, I don't know if he was injured. Yeah, on the back of the programme. I, I thought, God, he must have been young then. Yeah, he was on loan from Chelsea. Uh, what is that? Six years ago. It's probably not that. Like, maybe 21, something like that. I don't think uh, it's, I'm uh... just looking. It'd have been 19 if it was six years oh, ago. Okay. He was a bit younger than I thought then. Yeah. Um, Swindon manager Mark Cooper is the son of Leeds and England fullback Terry Cooper. And Mm. uh, Anton Rogers, who uh, came on, I think, yeah, he came on, is uh, Brendan Rogers' son. I didn't know that. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it was like Swindon became the uh, football celebrity capital of the world this evening for some reason. (laughs) There was like, there were so many famous people in the crowd. There uh, There was Brendan Rogers, I said. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who was the Burton manager. Tony Pulis, West Brom manager at that time. Mm-hmm. Gareth Barry, for some reason. He was just playing for Everton. And uh, yeah. and Tim Sherwood, who was the Villa manager. So, I don't know. There's nobody there. I don't think any of our players went on to play for any of those managers. So, I don't know what. If no. they were just looking at um, Murphy or, or what, to be honest. Or if they just... Happened to fancy an evening out in Swindon. Who knows? It must have been Murphy, you'd have thought. I mean, did you go to Brighton after this? You did, didn't I? That's right, yeah. And then Rangers. Yeah. So. It, must have, it must have been people looking at Murphy. I can't see him looking at Alcock. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, or McNulty, for example. And uh, probably not Basham at that point either. The legend. No, no, exactly, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, Mark Cooper was linked with uh, Wednesday at one point, the, the manager. Um, mm. I'm just having a look here, and he was investigated for making a a comment about the recently deceased Justin Edinburgh. Uh, oh, good lord. Yeah, I'm just reading it now. It, uh, Cooper said to the, the guy who t- took over from Justin Edinburgh at Leighton Orient, uh, Ross Embleton, uh, Cooper accused him of being an imposter and said, Who do you think you are, Justin Edinburgh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, so uh yeah, he's uh, obviously a bit of a, a bit of a character, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh any other uh odds and ends from that Swindon game? No, that were it really. I noticed I I looked for a dead batch report. He did the home leg, but he obviously had completely given up by the away leg because I don't think he did one. I couldn't find it anyway, but the home yeah. leg basically just says everything that we can sort of remember about it that we were apparently let a lot of set pieces in that season as well. Uh, again, mm. <laughs> so who knows though? You know, I mean, um, we let a lot. Of, um, what did we do the year after we finished twelfth? That's not what we want next season, actually. Is it? I was trying to make a, a comparison <laughs> between this season and, and that, but yeah, let's not go there. Actually, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll tie them together this season that we just talked about and the one that we're currently living through. And you surprised me this one as well. Chris Basham, Chris Basham was our Player of the Year in this season. Yeah. This is strange, this, because there's... I don't know if he was the official player of the year, but you know in the programmes where they have player of the year, community player of the year, blah, blah, blah. I think he won the programmes player of the year in terms of what were voted by the fans. He didn't actually win okay. the official supporters. I look back at this after I showed it. Murphy won the, the official one. But Basham mm. did win the, the, the programme player of the year, the sort of voted in by the fans. And I think we get this impression that everyone hated Basham this season, like up until basically mm. Wilder came. But if you look at the the S2 forum and stuff before, they were all saying we need to play Basham in midfield as our only good midfielder and all this sort of stuff. So by this point, it completely turned around the the initial sort of uh, dislike of him, shall we say. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really have strong feelings either way on him. I just wouldn't have had him, I wouldn't have had him in my in the conversation for my player of the season for sure at oh. that point. I it was just there, like. I think I wrote this in uh, in Den Blades actually. I did a, a thing on Basham. It was just like just like part of the furniture, into but like a very bland part of the furniture. Yeah, you know, it was just yeah. there during season several seasons of mediocrity, and then he suddenly became something absolutely fantastic. But yeah, he was uh, yeah the program's player of or the fans' player of the year for that season. That uh, that did surprise me because I thought. Um, I thought Jamie Murphy, as you said, would uh, would run away with that, and um, mm. yeah, you got uh, a handful of others who chipped in with plenty of goals as well. Although, um, yeah, yeah Matt, I doubt... Matt Dillon, obviously, even though we were only there till January, I remember like you know he, he were really well liked just for his work rate alone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, some people use that as a bit of a bit of a stick to beat him with, don't they? All <laughs> yeah. Is just a, old old just... run around. I'm just looking at our squad actually now on the program of the first home game the season after we played Chesterfield. We had an extra. Fifteen players on the back page of uh, Chesterfield. So Clough left us with such a ridiculously bloated squad. He did, and uh, yeah, I think you can. I don't know. I, I sometimes think that um, Atkins was, was handed a difficult task there, but he did badly with that difficult task. Um, he really did. Um, one final thing, actually, I was recapping the uh, this season as a whole, 2014-15, and uh, I don't know if you looked at this, the Wikipedia entry for this season is like, it's brilliantly in-depth, like thousands of words written about it, 
and then it just stops in March, and there's no, <laughs> there's just, there's just nothing at all written about the rest of the season. You're getting like every little detail, like this player made his debut, and this player was promoted from the reserves into the first team, and then they just clearly just gave up at that point, which I thought was a, a, a fitting tribute to that season. To be honest, <laughs> nothing else to be said about it. All right, mate. That was good. I enjoyed doing that much more than uh, <laughs> much more than I enjoyed watching that Fulham game. And uh, yeah. I'm glad we've uh, I'm glad we've decided to dip into these old games. To be honest, because um, it's uh, yeah, they're just more enjoyable to talk about at the moment. Um, it wasn't I think the this time one... that, yeah, mm-hmm. this was a difficult one to approach. I think because obviously mm. it was it's not good memories. It's like I've said this Smith's line before, where I can smile about it now, but at the time it was terrible, and that sort of sums up completely that Swindon game. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, in see, there's a, the, I think I might have touched on this or said it already, but there was that. There was a pervading feeling through this that we we didn't really deserve promotion. Um, so this wasn't, as far as playoff defeats go, this one wasn't like the twist of the knife that a lot of the other ones have been. No. Um, and I'd say the same about the Yeovil uh, defeat two, was that the year, the year before this, two years before? Yeah, that's right. It was two yeah. years before, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, where it's just like... Uh, and obviously that was a much less dramatic game, but it's just like you know what well, we we just don't deserve it. Like we're just not good enough, and yeah. I think that's why I I was you know pretty angry at the way our season ended. But um, I've been a lot angrier, put it like that. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of okay talking about this one. It was a it was a bizarre experience, not a hugely harrowing one. Um, if we're going down the list of uh, of lows following the blades recently. So, uh, no, it's a memorable yeah. one as well. It's a memorable one. So it definitely is. I this was not easy to find, so I couldn't find it. But uh, if we've if we've drawn five all at any other point in our history, um, please mm. please do let me know. And uh, indeed, if you've got anything else to tell us about this game with Swindon, I would also very much uh, appreciate your feedback on Twitter for that yeah. one as well. So it's at, at BlazePod for me, at Panchero for yourself, of course. Um, yeah. And yeah, if uh, unless you have any final thoughts, mate, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Anything else to add? No, no, that's it. Enjoy doing that. Actually, I think this will become a, a bigger feature than the games in the in the last uh, thirty matches. Yeah, I mean, unless the players give us something, you know. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you say it was a, Fulham was pretty awful. We we didn't have a shot for sixty minutes, something like that. I mean, yeah. What what can we talk about? Whereas we've got a game with uh, where we scored five goals. That's much more exciting. <laughs> and, uh, I, I like uh, you know I like uh, the sort of re-examining the uh, the historical context of uh, some of these games as well. You know what, yeah, what yeah. happened next, what happened before it, how we how we arrived at that situation. It's it's also something sort of morbidly fascinating about you know revisiting the time we had Craig Alcock playing centre off. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Oh, he did play again. Yeah, sorry, he was there the season after. I don't think he ever played centre half again, but yeah, he was there. Yeah, where's he? Where's he end up? He's one of our Scottish contingent. That uh, we just seem to have a million Scottish players at this stage, don't we? Yeah. He used to say flipping. I don't know if you remember this. Flipping. In his interviews, he always used to say, "It's flipping brilliant to be. It's flipping amazing." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, there's a couple of interviews with him. On, like, if you have a look, and he says that like. Just keep saying flipping all the time. <laughs> He's to keep a Harlow. Harlow. I said he was Scottish. He's not. I don't know why. It's, it's got no, Scottish sound, isn't it? Yeah. Born in, uh, born in Truro. 
yeah right that's enough oh yeah that's right Cornwall yeah that's his accent yeah right anyway that's that's enough Craig Alcock for one week I think Um, (laughs) to to those of you who are listening great effort we do appreciate it I know it's uh, I know it's tough tough sledding for the Blades at the minute and uh, I know we've just talked about it uh, a stupid game that I'm sure many people didn't want to revisit, but I hope you stuck with it and uh, mm. enjoyed our little uh, our little deep dive into that one. And uh, yeah, thank- nice <laughs> yeah, we've done a few wins in recent recently, but yeah. uh, we, we'll we'll look down our list of memorable matches and we'll we'll pick a win to uh, lift us after that Liverpool game, I imagine. Yeah, because uh, I, I I don't think that's going to be. A whole heap of fun, despite how no. bad they've been to start this year. We've still got—I think we've still got more wins than they have in 2021, haven't we? So yeah, it's the grudge match, though, isn't it? It's the grudge match. It's Klopp versus Wilder. The the one, you know, yeah. it's like boxing. <laughs> so bizarre how that's happened. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that will be played. It'll be down an interesting build. I think the build-up will be more interesting than the actual match. Actually, <laughs> see what Klopp and Wilder say about each other. Yeah, maybe they can lend us. I was going to say maybe they could lend us a few players. They've got <laughs> injuries, probably as bad as we have. Yeah, we? But, there was a player. I can't remember his name now there were a guy playing from it i think you're a turkish player i've never heard of him before i watched everton mm. like, who's he <laughs> yeah I, I did a double take when they said his name it was like uh, i think i've i think i did see them i think they signed him in january but yeah, yeah. You, you know you bring in on some uh youth players that i've yeah absolutely never heard of so yeah, yeah unfortunately they um they have a a squad that can kind of deal with some of these injuries much better than we can. They're not going to have to Brian uh, playing any time soon, let's put it. <laughs> yeah, with respect to Brian and Jagielka, um, yeah, I think they're probably better positioned to deal with uh, yeah. deal with an injury crisis than we are. <laughs> but th- that's next week's game, mate. We'll uh, we'll yeah. get to that in due course. Thank you, as always, for your time and your research. It was a, a fun one to revisit, that game. We Enjoyed it. It. Really, it was a draw. Really cheered me up that. I'm back at work today. I've had a week off, so... <laughs> <laughs> do, you to, uh, just plug, five. do you want to plug your own podcast again before we finish? Uh, yeah, I've got an episode out. Uh, I think it's just come out. I just got a text. Um, episode 3, Daz Samson, Living With Made. Like, if you were to follow us on Twitter, at livingwithmade1, the number one. I don't know why that's the Twitter account. No idea what happened there. Um, but yeah, follow it. Uh, thanks for the views from that and stuff, and the, and the and the feedback on that as well. So I really enjoy doing that. It's almost as fun as doing uh, the Swindon Five Five. High praise indeed. Good stuff. <laughs> I'll look for, look forward to listening to your latest episode. And uh, yeah, thanks as always for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. All right. A big thank you to Andrew. A big thank you to yourselves as always for downloading and listening. And finally, thank you to our sponsors. They are Glistening Kicks. I'm going to tell you about them now. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield based business who deliver high end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. They will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean. They can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. They offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. They've just celebrated their first anniversary, so happy birthday, Glistening Kicks. And I should also mention, they are run by Blades fans, and they have recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. 
Wednesday logo is also available, but I don't know why you would ever want that on your shoes, to be honest, unless you have a Wednesday fan in your life. But even so, that's uh, that's not such a good situation for you. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair of shoes. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. 